Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. What's good, family? Your boy David here with BWR, and I want to let y'all know it is going down in H-Town on March 28th. Yes, I said it. March 28th, we are going to be in Houston, Texas, hosting one of our Renaissance Mixers at Muse Office Space. We're going to be talking stocks, real estate, business development, and much, much more. Tell a friend to tell a friend. It's going to be a great time. going to be good vibes. Link for the tickets is down in the show notes. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Peace. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Do you know the rules of the game? Yeah. Do you know the rules of the game? I don't care what color. Can you make me a hundred million? Let's talk money. Let's talk. Can you make me that? If you can't make me that, I won't talk to you. Hey, I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is broad money marathon. Do five years of this and be a millionaire and go on, do what I want to do, have kids, go live my chip and joy in the game life out here in Texas or struggle for next week. The choice is yours. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Your boy, David Bellard, one-fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance, checking in. What's up? What's up? It's your boy Jalen checking in. What up? What up? What up? It's your boy Jalen checking in. What's good, y'all? What's good, man? It's great to be here. Lovely Saturday, my brothers. Jared, how you feeling? Man, I'm good, man. I had to do a little last minute traveling to assist some of my skills with some other things. So it's going to be coming out soon. Basically, somebody doing a proposal and whatnot. You know, they need an in-house photographer. So got to do my little thing. <laughs> ah, hey, that's Always lit. hustling. Always getting it. I gotta do what I gotta do. <laughs> hey, I see you, man. Be be safe out there. Be safe coming back too. 
But man, we got another great episode, man. This episode really about to be so lit because uh, we got we, some super special guests on. Yeah, our first return guest and her husband, who we didn't catch the first time. Yeah, uh, we talking about the Charm City bias out yeah. of Baltimore. A great couple, Khalil and Kiara, doing amazing work out there in the community, just making great stuff happen. How y'all doing? What up? What up? What up? Yeah. Uh, Happy to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. Excited. Oh, thank y'all for coming on. We thank y'all for coming on again. Uh, like you said, it was great having Kiara on the first time. So we just can't wait to rock it out. And I think y'all like to know Zay and D were the first couple that we had. But yeah, it's great though. I'm ready to get it in. And um, so just for the people who not really familiar with who you are, can you just tell them and let them know who you guys are? and how you got started and what you're doing. Yeah, so we are Charm City Buyers, fresh out of Baltimore, Maryland. And so Clil and I, and then of course our daughter Michaela, are all about um, really pushing and changing the narrative about Baltimore and changing the narrative about what it looks like to build wealth in real estate. And so we've been spending the last you know, years building our own portfolio, right? So we have our 20 rentals, we bought the block in Baltimore. Everyone's always amped up about that. But beyond that, like really taking our journey, what we've learned over the years and sharing that as much as we can and really build a community of wealth builders, really focus on how do you build generational wealth and legacy through real estate. And so that's turned into tons of different things, some things that we planned on, some that we didn't on how do you really not only impact and change the communities in which you serve and invest in, also change your own situation, change your own life, and change those of the ones that come after you. So that's who we are and what we're all about. Dope, dope, dope. We love it. And uh, I really kind of want to get into that, that way that y'all change in the community because that's just something so big and so impactful with what y'all doing in Baltimore. Y'all do y'all uh, monthly meetups, right? Or is it quarterly? Yeah, we have quarterly. We do quarterly meetups, Mobilize Baltimore. Um, and so we have one in March. We usually do one in June or July, um, October, and I'm missing one in there, December, or something like that, right? So we try to do them four times a year. Um, they're dope, right? So we have like 100, between 125 to 150 people come from all over the country. We usually tackle a topic, have a lot of like guest speakers and stuff come in and share their experience. They're really like, how do we pour into people's lives? And then beyond that, um, through our next gen accelerator, which is our mentorship, our coaching program, we're connecting with them daily, like 24 seven. We have weekly check-in calls, but we're with them like all of the time. And when I say that, I mean, text, group me, Facebook, email calls every single day as they're buying their properties and, and doing dope stuff. So we just, I'm super proud. So we just hit a million dollars in rental income in next year. Hey. Right? Like that's dope, right? So for, you know, the, everyone combined, not including us, everyone combined is making over, you know, 85 uh, grand a month in rental income, which is huge. And so we're super excited about that. We have this whole goal this year of 220 units for next gen and our mentee group. So it's a lot happening. So we spent a lot of time with them in addition to all the stuff that we have going on ourselves. Man, so real community investors, bro. I love it. I always get excited whenever y'all hear y'all story and y'all share it with people because I'm one of the, y'all Y'all were like really one of the influencers on this whenever we first heard about you. We first heard about you guys back 
whenever y'all bought that block. Yeah. And now it's like just great to see the work continue and like how it's really flourishing and really helping people. I love it. Man. I also think it's really dope to like y'all tie in y'all success with your mentees. So it's like, you know, it's not just we want to eat, but it's like, okay, we're making sure everybody rent money is high. Like we're doing an overall number. I think that's really dope. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. It's largely influenced by a lot of different factors. One, there's just too many vacant and blighted properties for one person to take them all on. There's no reason for one person to, to be so kind of self-interested as to try to accomplish anything as massive as that. So why not share the wealth and make sure that other people can build their generational wealth and make changes for themselves as well. And then two, I think we all see our heroes of the day fall and then everything kind of collapses and falls apart around them. Whereas why not have it so that it's structured in a way that everybody wins and everybody can meet each other and share wealth with each other and, and go to different meetups with each other. It's, it's really a great thing. Yeah. When we used to say collaboration over competition, like we meant that, right? So we have folks like our next gen, we have people that are focusing in specific neighborhoods and like we're tackling large projects together and really, and close on at the forefront of this, but really working with not just our next gen folks, but you know, the city, nonprofits, for-profits, other developers, and at the leading edge of how do we not only impact individuals, but impact communities. And so like over the last couple of years, we've transitioned, at least the way I think of it, from investor, like buying one-off houses, renting one-off houses, and doing one-off flips to developers, right? How do you think about urban planning and what does this community need as a whole? And you know, how do we bring in businesses and really make sure that there's a mixture of even economic levels, right? How do we have affordable housing with top-notch high market flips with rentals and how do we make sure that all that stuff happens together and so as we've kind of come into sitting at those tables of conversation well how do we bring next gen into that as well and not only expose them to that journey and what's happening and how do you get access to funding people resources to make that happen but how do they get part of that investing these properties as well and so it's like a larger thing it's it's very hard to communicate that through however many characters on Twitter or, you know, in an Instagram post. But I'm telling you, like, the folks that are in Next Gen know what it's all about. Like, it's a lot. And we're, we're just excited about it and excited about what 2020 has for, for Charm City and our Next Gen and all of our other, our Bay, you know, our Bay folks, how, you know, everyone's making a lot of stuff happen in a lot of different places. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And that's, that's really cool. You had mentioned something I had heard before, like y'all had said on a podcast that I thought was really dope. It was like y'all had, with buying that block, you ended up like becoming, like you said, developers to where they like invite y'all to city council meetings and stuff like that. Like y'all are in part of the building of the city now. Like, I think that's really cool because, like, what you're saying is basically it's helped y'all, like, help shape the community, right? Absolutely. 100%. No question about it. I mean, it's so dope to be able to walk into different areas and people know and recognize you and respect you. And it's, it's, it's a level of power that has to be respected. So when we go into communities, we make sure that we share information about things like the homestead tax credit and renters tax credit and different programs to help people keep their property taxes low as we go through some changes value of the area 
We want to make sure that the legacy residents have everything that they need to stay in place and enjoy the different amenities that are coming in. So when a grocery store comes in and they can finally get a cucumber, for example, um, they can actually enjoy that and live in their neighborhoods. And that's, that's important. That's vital. And I like how you said y'all doing it to strengthen the community. I like how you said, you know, you, you sometimes will watch those heroes be built up. Then whenever they fall, everything goes with them. But no, the way that y'all are attacking it, even if one person falls, you still created that shape that's stronger. It's a triangle instead of being a circle or something, something that's going to be stronger and more structurally sound. So if one part is to become a little bit weakened, it's still not going to damage the whole ecosystem. So that's, that's so, yeah. Yeah. And if we were selfish, honestly, we do a disservice to the community, right? If we came in and bought a bunch of houses and weren't in a position to take them all down and renovate and redevelop, then if something happened with us, then the whole community loses, right? These houses stay vacant. You know, we've kind of perpetuated this entire system, honestly, in Baltimore, where people come in, they buy these houses from the city or from auctions that are vacant and they sit on them. They don't do anything with them. They don't renovate them. And they wait for somebody like us to take the hits and the bruises of being some of the first people on the block or in the neighborhood, wait for us to get through. And then they want to start or then they want to sell or whatever. And so, you know, it's always been our focus and goal and mission to not do that and to buy houses when we can, you know, get to them in a reasonable amount of time. And so with bringing in next gen folks as well, like we can be working on their stuff. They're working on their own. We're setting comps in a way, right? Because we're early in. And so we can help make sure that folks are being successful. And, and that's not only in, in these neighborhoods, but really all across the city when we're talking about who's who and what's what, what commercial developers, what are the large folks um, in the area? What are they doing? Where are they working it on? And how is that going to impact the housing market within the next six months, one year, five, 10 years, and then really help position people to, you know, to make their money, but also add value to the system as a whole. Because I think it's really, really important that we think about everything. And you think from a macroeconomic perspective, being, you know, the nerd that I am, think from macro and really bring it down to the everyday, right? How do I use this money to not only, you know, pay my car payment every month, but also add value to the larger picture and what's happening in the movement that's coming around in Baltimore. And I'm glad you y'all mentioned in Baltimore because that's something I really want to to get into because y'all talking about like all these these blighted properties and all this. So can y'all kind of give people some insight on what the Baltimore housing market look like? Because I know it's some opportunities out there. Y'all talking about getting 220 rentals for y'all next gen program. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So the Baltimore market is it's a beautiful thing. I mean, people nationwide, worldwide are hearing about it and all the changes that are happening. In Baltimore, we were talking to a long-term developer who has been in the game for 40 plus years. And he said over, over his time and seeing all the changes across his 40 years, right now there's the most development and most activity north, south, east, west, central than he's ever seen before, which is great. So a few things. Baltimore used to be a million-person city, and now we're down to about 600,000 people. So there's literally not enough people as it stands right now to fill the housing stock that's available. So a lot of the money from the state and the city and federal has been used to demo houses, create green space, create public spaces, create more parking, and generally rehab and develop different areas. But with that said, there's still not quite enough people. So there's all kinds of incentives to buy into Baltimore City. They've got all kinds of like tons of grants to help with closing costs, to help with down payment assistance, 
So much so that a lot of people, if they're not walking away from the table with a check, they've bought down their mortgage and their, their interest rates so low that you really you can't beat it. I mean, people in areas where you used to pay $1,300 for, for rent, $1,200 for rent, people are buying houses and having mortgages paying $850, $950, just based on programs like Vacants to Value, where there's a $1,000 grant, Live Baltimore, $5,000 trolley tour grant, Live Near Your Work programs for all these different hospitals and institutions, and Baltimore City as a whole has a Live Near Your, near your Work program also. $2,500, Johns Hopkins, $17,000. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It's crazy. And all of these programs and all these grants are stackable, right? So you get 10,000 plus the 17 from Hopkins, plus five from this, plus 2,500 from that. Next thing you know, you've gone to the table and you ain't even have to write a check. It's crazy how much development oh. is happening here. It's insane. I got to live there to do this? Right. Yeah. Well, so these are owner-occupied grants. So this is the, one of the first couple of things we have to ask. People are like, they're, you know, investors come in, well, what grants can I get? I'm like, since they're not paying you to make the money, but you can use these same grants for multi. So you think about house hacking, you buy a multifamily, and you take advantage of all these owner-occupied grants. And that's how you, I mean, in all honesty, that's how you really start to do some really dope stuff because you're not paying any money to buy a house for somebody else to pay your mortgage, right? Think about what that means for your monthly expenses, what you can save, and then you can go ahead and buy whatever the hell you want, right? And so, for example, I'll, I'll use an example for what Chloe was just talking about, right? So we had a house, one that we had done ourselves um, and had listed for like 230 or whatever, and the buyer got the $10,000 vacancy value grant because the house was vacant when we bought it. It was vacant for over a year, so it qualified for that. $5,000 for the Live Baltimore Trolley Tour. They do it quarterly. You go, you get entered into a raffle to win a $5,000 grant. They also had, we had a tax, so we do historic tax credits, which teach your tax as well. And so all of these things like added up, right? They buy the house, they have nothing at closing costs that they have to pay, and their mortgage for this house ends up being less than $900 a month. And then they move from DC to Baltimore and so their basement, finished basement, was the size of the apartment that they were renting in D.C. for $1,800. Now they have this entire house, three beds, three and a half baths, like, you know, this beautiful, huge, brand new house for eight, 800 and some odd dollars a month. Like, it's crazy. And so when you really get to the position where you're turning off the news and paying attention to what's actually happening on the ground in Baltimore, it's crazy, right? They're paying you to move to the city. And then there's tons to do, tons to get involved in once you get there. So it's a no-brainer. That's why we're big uh, Baltimore. We always big up Baltimore, but for good reason. That, that's and crazy, that, though. That's like all those opportunities, like you said, is stackable. Like, man, you got me on the move. There. <laughs> <laughs> for real. So, right? And look, so then you come. BWI, the, the airport is a major hub. You can go wherever you want. Right now, we're doing this podcast in three different time zones because we're all traveling, right? Like, you just, there's, when you think long-term, you start to make long-term decisions. And, I mean, I'm telling you, there's that is, to, not to, many to, better places to be. To bring us back to a conversation we were having a little earlier, that is the generational wealth that we're talking about. How do we really create generational wealth for our buyers? how to create generational wealth for our next family, how do we make sure that through every aspect of what we're doing, we're changing the narrative so that people have a strong foundation on which they can grow and they can make those generational change, those 
structural change, the last name changes. That's what we're about. Hmm. So, man, y'all, didn't, y'all got me all amped up and like. No, one thing she said that I kind of do want to go on a little tangent with, and this just is with the news. Like, I yeah. think that's a major, major thing that people really have to get away from. Uh, the news will keep your ass scared if you really pay attention. Where were we yesterday? Like it was like two days ago or something. We weren't even watching it. We could just hear the news playing in the background. And I said, "Man, sounded like the world is just about to." And then I'm like, "This shit, damn. Australia burning up." That's what it was. It's like God, people yeah. shoot, killing, robbing. Like it, if you just listen to that and feed your mind that all day, you ain't gonna make it nowhere. Not at all. And it's so crazy because right there, everyone's talking right now about the coronavirus or whatever, whatever it is. We were in China in December. We were in China. We went to China. We didn't post this on the grand, but we were in China. Uh, we went for like two weeks after Thanksgiving and just, you know, we were in Beijing. We were in Shanghai. I'm pretty sure we're in Wuhan. Close that we weren't, but we traveled all over. We're past incubation. We're fine. Um, but, um, but we experienced China. And I think that for me, when I heard about the virus, I'm like, oh, they're going to figure it out. Like, if anybody can make that happen, it's China. That was the most well-oiled machine of a country I have ever seen. There was no litter. There was no, I never felt like there was like an overabundance of population. Like, we can have a whole conversation about like perception of other countries versus here. But, you know, I think there's a lot of fear on the unknown for things like that. But when they say China will put up a hospital in seven days, I will tell you right now, they will put up a hospital in seven days and figure it out and make that happen. Like, that was one of the coolest trips we've ever been. And so when we hear news and stuff like that, as you become more well-traveled and you turn off the news, stuff like that just doesn't jar you nearly as much, you know, as it would if you're just sitting in front of the TV hearing about Trump and other countries all day long, you're just going to be afraid of everything. I just, I don't have time for it. Hey, that, and that's, that's for real too, though, man. Well, we're going to go back to some of the notes. So y'all were talking a lot about like the next gen program. Could we really just dive into like, what are you doing with this next gen program? And if someone was even interested, how could they even become a part of this? Yeah. No, that's a great question. So next gen, there's an application process. So first there's an application at charmcityvirus.com. So we really look to understand like who each person is and what they're doing and what they're all about. But once in, you join in and there's a cohort. So you have some folks that are joining in around the same time. And we are, we're sharing nuts about everything. So from neighborhoods in Baltimore to, well, even before that, right? How do you get your mindset right and open yourself up to being, getting away from the fear, getting out of the analysis paralysis and actually like taking action, right? To neighborhoods in Baltimore and what's what and what projects are going on where and where you should focus. How do you really analyze a deal? What makes a great deal a good one for you? Um, to understand what your individual goals are. So I, not only is it a group coaching program, but we spend time with each person one-on-one. Like, what are your goals? And then how do we help create your own action plan for yourself? So it's not one size fits all. We are, we're going through everything. Rehab, contractors, there's contractors, wholesaling. We'll do wholesale deals with folks so that they can, like one of the goals that we have is folks are making their money back during the program so we've had people make their money back within three days um it's just it's insane like we're really focused on how do we help other people build wealth and build their own portfolios 
but really because we want to build our own community of folks that we can do deals with. So as we look to do bigger and larger deals and redevelop um, entire communities, how do we create a group of folks who we know know what they're doing because they learned it from us, but they then can, can work with us on projects as we continue to grow and build over the years. So we're going nuts to both, like from mindset to buying the house to getting your tenants together. We have folks from out of, you know, from all over the country, from California that we've helped source properties. We'll go look at the properties for them. We help them get a tenant. Like it's like when I tell you it's everything, it is everything. That's why our next generation folks will go so hard. Like it's a family. Like we do this together. You know, I text Kiera at two o'clock in the morning. She got the nerve to respond. Like it's, it's really everything because I mean, their success at this point is ours, right? We've done some really dope stuff. We've done some cool things. And now it's how do we create those same experiences for other people. And so what, we have next generation who almost have more rental units than we do at this point. <laughs> they, they grew over the last like year, 18 months, um, crazy. And it's, it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to see. And we're just so proud of our kids. They call us mom and dad. And we're so proud of our kids. <laughs> hey, we love it though. And it's so important though, because there's that quote, the way to become a billionaire is to make more millionaires. Thanks. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're helping other people, but you, you're teaching them to fish. You're not teaching them just to come back and ask. No, you're saying, okay, let me actually teach you the right ways, the ways to structure a deal. And I think that's so important because a lot of people want to get into real estate, but they don't understand how to actually analyze a deal. Because in real estate, if the numbers don't make sense, you, you ain't got shit. Period. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now at this point, folks are just buying a house. I'm like, wait, when did you get that? So I gotta like really check in because they're like going from, you know, like you said, like teaching them how to fish and then they're out there like for real fishing on their own at this point. And it's so much fun because we're knocking stuff down. And that 220 number sounds crazy until you think about some of the stuff that folks have going on and it's it's really not. And so we're, yeah, it's everything. It's a lot of fun. We love it. And to, to your point, the metrics, man, focusing on the numbers, making sure you're not getting emotional about deals, staying focused on the long-term goals is so important. And we yeah. reach that from beginning to end. And we share all kinds of spreadsheets, different types of calculators to make sure that people are able to quickly plug in information for their potential deals and determine fast, does this work? Does it not work? Yes or no? And then move forward appropriately. We love right. it. We love the next-gen family. We love what they're doing. And when I had a friend who recently said, when I leave this earth, I want to die on E. And I'm like, man, if we can get next gen to a level where it's like really running itself, I'm happy. <laughs> I think Kira and I are happy. Hey, that's beautiful. Yeah, bro. It, I, I love to see the fact that y'all giving them the education, the tools, and the resources because that's, I feel like that's similar to our mission, our goal. And I, I love that with y'all. And I just, man, I want people to really take this type of education seriously. Like, yeah. I feel like our community has an issue with looking at education programs like that and really finding that value in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For sure. You think about the folks, you, you know, you hear them on the radio and they come in flying through your city and you go to their programs and they charge you, you know, as much as you, a lot. They charge you tens of thousands of dollars to get a quarter of the information that you get from within your community. And I think, What's really important, whether you work with us or someone else, really is up to you. But I think what you need to make sure is that folks are actually invested in your success. 
right? And they're not just trying to kind of get you in, get you out, but really looking to make sure that you are positioned for success. And so for us, right, I'm the one that's like, when somebody sends me a deal and it's trash, I'm like, dude, it's trash. Like, that doesn't make sense. Your rehab numbers are off. Your timeline is terrible. Like, work it out. And that's honestly how they learn. The people who I'm usually like the toughest on are doing the best. So you need someone that actually cares, right? And actually wants you to do well and be successful and not just join their class. I could care less if you join our class. I want you to be successful. Hmm. And so that's what Next Gen is all about. So that's a lot of fun. Kara's great. She really, she gets angry if somebody purchases it and doesn't do anything. Like if somebody purchases the class and joins the family and they, they never log in or they never reach out to her and never start doing stuff. She's like, what's the point? Like, what are you doing? It like it makes her angry. <laughs> that would make me angry too, though, because like you wasting you wasting your time, your, your money. money, you wasting my time. Well, you ain't really wasting my time. You, you just, wasting none of my yeah. time, right? If you just, just like you to throw, I mean, you could have put it in the donation box. Like you don't have to waste your own money. Like let's let's actually do something. So we I hold people accountable and we hold each other accountable. So now actually we launched in 2020. Um, an accountability program. So not only do you have me, but you have someone else that's been through the program or have done it for a while to connect with you and hold you accountable, like on a one-on-one basis. So if someone feels like, oh, I don't want to reach out to care for this, they have some up here that they can reach out to them for different advice or feedback or just to check in, make sure they're doing what they need to do, which is helpful as well. But yeah, I can't stand when someone joins the program and doesn't do anything with it. I'm like, I mean, there's just, there's so much opportunity. Why not? But the people who are in it, they know someone sent me earlier, like they have a leak in their roof and somebody was doing work and it didn't work well. And what should I do? And I'm like, you know, telling them what to do and how to handle it. Like, it's great. That's awesome. I love it. And I have one more question about the Next Gen program. Whenever people come in, what is one of the most like across the board mental shifts that you have to kind of get people out of? Because we know that's like the biggest thing, Mm -hmm. shifting that mental. So. What's something that you know y'all constantly you see people coming in with that like same trend, yeah like, a, like a, this consistent across the board consistent across the board yeah like so what's so funny about next gen we actually have a like a psychologist does a session with next gen right so we have an actual psychologist and we talk about okay. mindset and all of that in next gen that's the first session that you do is about mindset we have a psychologist come in she like facilitates the conversation. But one of the the biggest pieces that everyone has to kind of jump through is really analysis paralysis, right? Trying to feel like you don't have enough information constantly and getting people to understand that the true learning comes through action. And so even if you're not taking the right action, you're going to make that much more of a lesson learned. And so getting people out of analysis paralysis, identifying what their fears are and then how to overcome them, which the best way to overcome fear is through action. And so pushing people through that piece is definitely the most common. Um, get them out of like that analysis process and into like doing something tangible. They can start working through those issues. I love it. Actionable steps. So if you out here listening to this and you are, you know, you're in that analysis paralysis, don't feel bad. It's something that happens across the board. Get your accountability group and go ahead and get to work and start making some things happen. For sure, for sure. Absolutely. So there's another thing that I really want to get on with you guys. We talked about it briefly last time you were on Kiera. Opportunity zones. I know you guys are some of the first people I've, I've seen talking about them. Y'all yeah. made me want to go do my own research into them. And like I learned about them. And I just want y'all to kind of 
update people on what y'all know, because I know y'all were in the know with the thing. Yeah, like... When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. They own it. Absolutely. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Opportunity Zones is this federal program that's sweeping the nation. It's like gaining tons of attraction. People are starting multi-million dollar funds to start these Opportunity Zone funds to invest in different areas because of the tax incentives and all types of different things that come along with it. So Opportunity Zones are low income census tracts, are areas in the United States and the territories in which uh, qualified opportunity funds can then invest for business purposes and for property purposes. And we'll go into a little bit of the details, but what people really need to understand and know is that there are opportunity zones around you, that uh, funding is gonna come into those zones and that you can position yourself with knowledge and with time to take advantage of what's going on and what's continuing to happen across the next 10 plus years. But how it essentially works is it takes, the program is set up so that capital gains are able to go into a qualified fund and then invest in opportunity zones. Capital gains are typically acquired through the sale of a property or the sale of a stock or bond or something of that nature. So high net worth individuals who have capital that can sit and wait and they don't need it today or tomorrow or 10 years from now, (laughs) they can take those capital gains funds, put it into a qualified opportunity fund, and that fund can then go into specific areas around you to invest in. Yeah, I think what's really, really important about Opportunity Zones, there's a few things. One, I think people get really amped up like, oh, I'm going to invest in Opportunity Zones and let me, you know, I want to put my money into these areas. One, I think it's important to remember that to invest in an Opportunity Zone fund, you have to have capital gains, right? Mm -hmm. You look to your left, look to your right, how many people actually have capital gains to invest in these Opportunity Zone funds, right? That's number one. So people get amped about, about the program, make sure you actually qualify. But if you don't, it's okay. What you have to know and understand is that a rising tide raises all ships. And so Mm. if these opportunity zone funds, these people with all these cash and all this money are investing in these opportunity zone areas, if you are a property owner, you are positioned to win, right? They're coming in and they're redeveloping, they're investing in businesses, they're investing in properties. You as a property owner can then take advantage of what's happening with the Opportunity Zone program as a whole through long-term appreciation, right? So the same thing we've all been talking about all this time is invest in your hood, right? Because somebody else is going to come in and do it. That's what this Opportunity Zone program is coming in and, and getting people to do. One thing with the new regulations or, you know, some updates that they've had recently, which honestly, um, I was actually pretty, um, I wasn't very happy about, I was not surprised, but I wasn't very happy about is that the program went from requiring everyone to invest and improve the property by so much to be able to still qualify for the tax incentives to say that your aggregate investments in all of your properties together has to be a certain amount to be able to qualify for the the fund. Now, what does that actually mean? That means that 
Opportunity Zone Fund that maybe does like a huge commercial building and spends tons of money in that commercial building and buys a bunch of houses in the area and neighborhoods around it, they can all put the money into one building rather than all the properties. And so that means that they can hold on to vacants, really. That's really what I'm saying. You can mm -hmm. buy vacants, you cannot do anything with them if you're investing in some other of the larger properties you're spending a lot of your money somewhere else, but just kind of averaging out how much you spend for property. And so that to me says that people are kind of going to be able to pick and choose a little bit more on what opportunity zones are going to pop off better and faster than others. But I'm hoping that at the end of the day, what we're focused on and what we're constantly pushing and having conversations about is how you invest in your own neighborhoods, in the neighborhood you grew up in, the neighborhood your auntie live at, and the neighborhood your grandmother always been, right? How do we make sure that we have ownership in these spaces so that we're constantly positioned to take advantage when, not if, somebody else comes in and sees value that we overlook? And I think that that's something that's happened in New York and Harlem and D.C., right? There's tons of places where um, Oakland, right? There's tons of places where we overlook the opportunity and the value and at some point, somebody else is going to see that and you want to make sure that you have ownership so that you can be part of that change and make sure that that change is positive for everybody around you. So to, to Kiara's point, the program isn't really made for your average everyday people. For example, there's a carve out in the program that says, yes, it has to be a low income census tract, except there's a certain percentage of uh, census tracts that if they aren't low income, but they're adjacent tracts, so they touch a low income census tract, it qualifies. Right? It's a very small percentage. So in Baltimore, for example, out of the 47 opportunity zones, two of them are not low income, right? Downtown Baltimore is not a low income area, but it's an opportunity zone. So people who have property and are planning to do development in downtown Baltimore, they can still benefit from the program. The final regulations came out in December of 2019. So two years after the program started, finalized it, um, and now people are really starting to, to get this thing underway. So I do have questions about that, because that was the biggest thing for me. Like, I heard about the program, and they were rolling all this out. So with them not having everything finalized, with them rolling out the program, do the tax incentives still work out the same for everybody who didn't get started when the program started? Because I know when I was reading, it said that you had to hold it for a 10-year ten ten period year. between the beginning the, the beginning and the like 2027 right that it doesn't still work the same does it yes yeah, so go ahead Kiara. sorry no yeah that's a good question i think so there was a time period where you had to put your money into a fund i believe a lot of that had ended in december of 2019 honestly but i think that there's potential that they might like renew and kind of extend and all that kind of stuff but it's it was a very kind of fly by night, let's throw it together and put it out there. And then all the questions and comments and concerns that people came in, it took them until December 2019 to give updates. Um, so I think, I'm sure you're not the only person having that question. And so we'll kind of see how things come out, but there were options to like extend the program past 2027 for sure. Yeah, as we read through the final regulations and go to webinars and, and, and conferences and things, We'll absolutely update everybody on exactly how it works. There's going to be a lot of people who started a fund beforehand to be an early adopter and get things going and capture the excitement financially who are going to have a lot of the same types of questions. So I'm, I'm sure there are ways to let those people benefit. <laughs> and 
with those opportunity zones, those certain tracks, they're not set in stone either, though, right? Some of them can move in different areas. So, no, actually. Opportunity zones are now officially set. As of May 2018, every governor of every state, with the extensions and everything happening, has set their opportunity zones. They cannot be moved uh, unless uh, it's an act of Congress. Hmm. Hmm. So, y'all definitely look for the ones in your state. And uh, they're all over, though. I think every state has an opportunity zone, though, right? Yep. Every state. Yep, every state. Um, Puerto Rico, U.S. territories, the Opportunity Zone program is everywhere. It's a federal program, so it impacts every federal territory. Yeah. Like she said, high tide raises all ships, so definitely, definitely look into that. Yeah, man, it's going to be a great program and a lot of fun. I think as people kind of learn about it more and continue to capture it and it becomes more of a, a widespread conversation, we as a community, we got to position ourselves to take advantage. So know where you are, know where your friends and family are, and uh, get ready for an increase in your property value. Definitely, definitely. So with that, I think we're going to go ahead and pivot to the last segment of the show. We're going to ask you guys, what's on y'all timeline? So Khalil and Kira, I want one from both of y'all. Like, what's something that y'all seen on social media, either that y'all posted, somebody else posted, that y'all thought was impactful or important and just wanted to talk about? Can I start? I'm going to go ahead and, and get started over here. The one thing that, you know, it's not a good thing, unfortunately. Kobe, man. Oh, man. Ike, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Sheesh. That day it happened, I think everybody felt heavy and felt like, yo, what is going on with the world? Dude was 41 years old. He was just getting to a place where you know, he could start to enjoy his life and do some really cool things with his kids and with his money and, and make some impacts in a massive way. And it's just a shame. I think it's impacting me more than I thought it would. Like, I, I remember, I mean, game seven against the Kings and all that kind of stuff and him and Iverson and all that kind of stuff. But that's just kind of the, the sports side of it. Just knowing how hard he worked from 18, really from beginning. His whole life, bro. Yeah, until retirement. I think he was 38. And it's like, dang, yo, he only really got to live for three years? Yeah, like for real, though. And I thought of it the same way, too. I was like, man, he really dedicated his whole life to really just playing basketball. And then a few years later, like, he's gone. He didn't really get to do a lot of things that he wanted to do. A so, lot of the stuff that he had already started doing that, like you, like Khalil mentioned, he was really, you really going to see that impact, that investment future. Definitely, man. It's wow, it's wild. But I, um, I was spinning it to a positive, the, the amount of love that everybody's showing him and his family. And just, he's one of the greats gotta respect him for it and now that he's gone just like any great artist or any great performer or any great player is cemented there's no question mm-hmm. hey that's for real and uh i do want to just piggyback on it one thing i did like just get from kobe like you said that work ethic man i think that's something that almost anybody who really paid attention to him was his work ethic man anybody who really i've just read some books that like mentioned him and there was one book called Razor Game. I forgot who the author is, but it talks about the guy walking into the gym at three o'clock in the morning. Guess who's there? Kobe Bryant. You're just like, man, this guy, he was a work machine and he just, he just worked. And I think anybody who really just paid attention to him, if that's one that's thing that you put, yeah. That's how, that's how you achieve greatness. That's how you leave an impact and a legacy like he did. 
Yeah. There's no shortage for, I mean, there's no shortcut, right? It's hard work. You got to put in the work, period. That's it. You can work smart. You can work efficiently, all that kind of stuff. That's great, too. It definitely helps, but hard work pays off. That's, that's the only way to get that. <laughs> when I take a look at Google and, and the things that I'm working on and the things I'm doing, and delayed gratification is a huge thing for me, right? Like delay it, wait till longer, push it off, uh, long-term vision. Like, is it really worth it if I die? You know what I mean? Like, let me go ahead and start to really do what I'm supposed to do in this world and really start to turn it up. Like, no days left behind type of stuff. Leave it all on the track. I'm a track athlete, Kiara is too. And that was one of the sayings, like, no excuses, leave it on the track. Like, run it to the end. Die on E. That's powerful. What you got, Kiara? Oh, yeah. So, one of the things, so, look, I wear a lot of hats, right? Got a, I'm a wife, a business owner, a mom, a mentor, all that kind of stuff. The one thing that actually we've been talking about lately, or at least on my timeline today, so we have started in, in the same, along the same vein. In our 20s, Kula and I were very focused on delayed gratification. And at time 30, I was like, look, I need to travel. I'm trying to, like, take me somewhere, right? And so, uh, and so we've been having conversations because in that journey, now we have Michaela who goes to school. She actually does go to private school. And she misses a lot of schools. She's been to China, Puerto Rico. She did to Miami, Atlanta. And, you know, we go all these different places. And so I've actually been juggling, been, and Chloe and I have been having conversations about schooling, right? Homeschool versus the schools that she goes to now and how to kind of navigate that whole world, right? We know that we expose her to a lot. Obviously, um, whether it be obvious or not, like she's super smart. She, you know, learns a lot with us and alongside of us. But how do you navigate that whole world between, you know, private school and, uh, and homeschooling, let her learn with us and travel with us and all that good stuff. So as a mom that has been on my timeline, talking to other, other moms and having conversations even with like Kendra from the Key Resource, right? She has a, a baby now, but we can have mom conversations in addition to all the real estate conversations we used to have. And so just, you know, figuring out what makes the most sense. That's, you know, all this real estate stuff and next gen and all this that all that stuff's easy parenting now that's hard (laughs) trying to figure out like you know what the best pathway is 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 always something else so that was kind of the first thing that i thought of conversation that i was having on our timeline about whether you know you homeschool and you're traveling take your kids with you and do that or if you leave them in school and let them have like that social interaction and all that good stuff so but that's real. I don't, know. I don't know if there's a right answer, but that's what's on my timeline. <laughs> nah, that, that, that's real, and that it's makes so you tangible. That makes you like a real person because this is stuff that you really deal with. Like you said, you could do this real stuff stuff all day, but once it comes to parenting, it's like I don't have a manual for this. There is no manual. There's no quiz to say can you do it or not. You don't have to apply first. They just be giving you kids and send you out in this world and say, "Go ahead, make it happen." <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that the best piece of advice i got before we started being parents was like just pour it all into your child just like yeah. give the, your child everything you know everything you have everything you can think of and trust that your child will be able to flourish with it yeah mm-hmm. she she gives that but i'm like do i need to pay tuition or not like that's really the conversation <laughs> <laughs> no, for real though Whew. so I do want to get into one more thing. What is one piece of advice you can leave the listeners with on getting started to their path towards building generational wealth? 
I think I think I'm gonna kind of piggyback off of what Cole said and kind of the whole thing with with Kobe Bryant because it, it didn't make me pause and think about okay and reflect like what am I doing and is it fulfilling? Am I fulfilling my purpose? Am I kind of giving everything that I can? And I think um, folks need to really take a second and think about their goals and their experience in life in general. Like, are you do you feel fulfilled? Are you doing something you're passionate about? And if you know, whether it's real estate or starting a business or whatever it is, and that's kind of where your mind goes in the middle of the night or the first thing you wake up or the last thing you think about when you go to bed, are you taking action to make those things happen, right? And it doesn't happen overnight, but I think, you know, even the smallest steps make the biggest impact and just, you know, not getting stagnant and complacent in the everyday if you're not satisfied, right? Things happen and things change very quickly. And, you know, life, um, I, I was saying before, like, you know, opportunities are endless, right? Life is short, opportunities are endless. So if you can really put yourself in a position to to make things better, even if in a small way, you have to, because you honestly never know, you know, what's to come. I love it. And that's a powerful message for people. Khalil, you got any advice you want to leave the people with too? Only thing I would add to Kiara's point is jump. Just hmm. jump. Don't get stuck analyzing stuff. Just go ahead and take that leap. Trust that you've got everything you need, everything you have, everything you need to know. You wouldn't be at this point right now, listening to us right now, thinking about wanting to start investing, wanting to start develop if you weren't meant to be here. Go ahead and take that leap. Hey, do it. And I promise you, once you take that leap, everything else is going to get easier. It's going to fall. But it's, 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 everything starts falling in line. You just got to keep putting the work in. That's a firm belief for ours. Hey, Kelly, nice to see you. Yeah. Nice for you to join us, buddy. Nice to join us, bro. My bad, guys. I am <laughs> resting. It's okay. I had a very, very busy, busy day. Uh, you had a work. busy week, man. Yeah, you, you always got a lot of stuff going on, my brother. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> but I do apologize. You good, It's bro. all good. But yeah, we actually get ready to wrap up in a little bit. So, Khalil, Kiara, we want to thank you for coming back on the show Glad y'all could come here and drop the game on people, drop gems on people. Could y'all please let the people know like where they can find out more about y'all, where they can follow y'all, how they can get into the next gym program if they're interested? Yeah, for sure. So we are uh, Charm City Buyers everywhere, right? So we're Charm City Buyers on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We have Charm City Buyers on YouTube now, so you can check out tons of videos and information on YouTube about investing and investing as a couple and all kinds of good stuff. And then charmcitybuyers.com is where you will find application to join NextGen um, and information about our next live event. So definitely Charm City Buyers everywhere. Please connect with us, DM us, let us know, you know, what's up. And we'll, we'd love to, uh, to chat and work with you. So, so I just got on Twitter and y'all were actually like right there. <laughs> oh, Michaela, and I'm talking about homeschool, probably. Like, you know, <laughs> oh my! Um, is y'all got anything else? Uh, no, the uh, check out our quarterly meetups. Check out the Next Gen program. Join the family. Let's go ahead and get started. We got a lot of blighted and vacant properties in Baltimore to take care of, and with careful leadership, with hand holding, with making sure that you got all the tools that you need. Let's do it all together. Dope, dope. So y'all, y'all definitely check them out. We're going to have all that information plugged down in the show notes for sure, for sure. So before we wrap up all the way, we're going to just 
hit y'all with a couple little housekeeping items. So first and foremost, we want to thank everybody for listening week in and week out to the podcast. Uh, love the fact that the feedback and all the stuff that we get from you guys it really motivates us, keeps us going. So y'all please continue just to like, share, subscribe, and spread this message, this movement that we're trying to get rolling. Also, get you guys to follow us. Don't forget to follow us on all social medias. We Instagram at Blackwell Renaissance, Facebook Blackwell Renaissance, at BWR underscore movement on Twitter. Um, and uh, last thing before we get up out of here, we just want to let you guys know, definitely go check out our new book, Manage Your Money Like the 1%. That Ooh. book is really, it's a great book. We just put it out uh, about a week ago and um, we've been getting back some good reviews and it just, wants, it, it tells you how to start changing your mindset. So it also talks about ways to budget. It also talks about ways to start paying down your debt. So definitely go check that out. Um, and since you are a loyal podcast listener, we're throwing that 30% off for you. So click that link in the bio and you can get the book at a really, really great price. We got anything else, fellas? Thank you so much. Make sure any small business owners, y'all come check out any advertisements we got on the page. We can get y'all advertised. Make sure that y'all keep all y'all uh, products and everything put out there for people. We are running different sales and stuff on the advertising slots. Just make sure you're following everything and tagging and tuning in. Also, you can advertise on the podcast too. Want to let y'all know that. So, yeah. <laughs> but if that's it, yeah. With that said. This is Black Wolf Renaissance signing out. Peace. Peace. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is run money marathons. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on I've been chasing after paper, all I know is broad money marathon You can catch me with it Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know It's just phone internet, not home internet Keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Nothing is more powerful than the connection between a storyteller and their audience. Over 100 million Americans listen to podcasts every month, forming lasting connections with their favorite creators. And 56% of those listeners have purchased a product after hearing about it on a podcast. But there's an art to building meaningful relationships between consumers, hosts, and brands. Ad Results Media has it down to a science. Ad Results Media specializes in helping breakthrough brands join the conversation at scale. With over 20 years of expertise, Ad Results Media amplifies brand stories across thousands of shows, publishers, and emerging platforms. They're a data-driven matchmaker, strategically pairing world-changing brands with engaged audiences to create the sound of success. For an experienced partner to help your brand find the right audience, achieve long-term growth, and improve advertising ROI, look no further. Be part of the story. Learn more at adresultsmedia.com slash story. That's adresultsmedia.com slash story. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's.